1: For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. Visit RosettaStone.com/rs10. That's fifty percent off, unlimited access to twenty-five language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your fifty percent off at RosettaStone.com/rs10 today.
2: We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This
1: is Reception, Reception,
0: the show. Yo, what's cracking everybody? James Go, Matt Harmon here with you. Uh, and for our very loyal podcast listeners, you are in for a treat because even though it is the off season, and even though we only release one episode a week during the off season, this week we are doing two episodes because, Matt Harmon, the draft is complete. And my God, the take cannons are loaded and we're ready to fire off
2: some takes, baby. Let's go. I mean, the take cannons are so loaded. Um, it's funny because like the draft ends and it's like, ah, oh, the draft is over. But it's like, no, no, no. Now you have to talk about how all these guys fit with these teams, which I, I said on the Correct. last episode, I, I enjoy so much more than just uh, the, than the pre-draft take cannon um, arsenal <laughs> being loaded up. I, I, I This is the, what I like better. And yeah. I mean, look, we covered all the first rounders and a couple of second rounders on on yesterday's episode. But man, there are some there's still, like I said with this class, these day two receivers – They're not all going to hit. Some of these guys are going to be meh. Some of these guys are going to be totally nothing, and it might not be the ones we expect, might not be the ones we hope for. But, you know, regardless, um, it it is an interesting group, uh, and I think these guys could end up being pretty solid players.
0: Okay, so let's start with the world champs. Let's go to Kansas City. Let's talk about the Chiefs. They go and pick up. Uh, I was surprised by this pick. Rasheed Rice out of SMU. He's 6'1", 204. Um, you know, mixed bag athletically. Four five one forty, which is that's fine. Um, you know, it's not great. Uh, Two hundred and four pounds. You'd like him to run sub four five. I think that's fair to say. But a forty one inch vertical and a ten eight broad. Now that is is interesting. Uh, that is really really good, uh, in terms of short area burst. Okay, so rice though, when you chart him, uh, didn't look great. Matt did not no. look
2: great no um now a couple things did you did you see um did you see some of the clips that came out of kansas city's war room about uh how you know clark hunt the owner of the chiefs went to smu and obviously rasheed rice out of smu and oh my god i can't remember who it was yeah yeah i can't remember who was on the video but somebody either said to clark hunt we got you we got you somebody out of smu or like or, or he was like, yeah, we wanted to get Clark and SMU receivers. At some point it came up that like that connection was a thing. Oh, um, boy. So I'm not saying that the chiefs drafted Rasheed Rice <laughs> just because he went to SMU <laughs> to make the owner happy, but I'm but, not, 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 exactly. not saying it. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. Look, it, it, <laughs> by, by the way, like the chiefs can just burn picks and who gives a shit, right? They're still the chiefs, especially at this position now. And I'm not saying they burned a pick on Rasheed Rice. You mentioned some of the RP data with with uh, Rashid Rice in the games I sampled, um, first percentile success rate versus man coverage, forty five point seven percent, seventy point five percent success rate for a zone. That's a seventh percentile mark against prospects. Um, just not a separator. He's a very, very like stunningly inconsistent player, and in that he'll give you one rep where he looks incredible as like a right. stacking, you know, a guy that he stacks cornerbacks into vertical routes, and he can win contested. Um, He saw a contested target on 27.1% of his sampled looks. His catch rate was 56.3%. So I think that really shows you it it can go either way. He'll give you one great rep and then like three really bad reps. So I think he's a developmental player. And um, I think he's a developmental – we did talk about this, James. What what Kansas City needs was an outside receiver. I think Rasheed Rice is a developmental outside vertical receiver. I think basically they're going to – my guess right now is that they'll do something similar. And I could be wrong. Also, by the way, I want to put this out there. I'm, I'm all over the place. But I do want to note that uh, I had somebody point out to me that Rasheed Rice, in all of these games I sampled, was playing on like a fractured toe or something like that. So maybe that's a bit of context that needs to be put here. But again, from a techniques perspective, I do think he's a developmental player. He's playing a damn SMU. It's not like he's at Alabama or something. It's mm-hmm. kind of similar to like Sky Moore playing at Western Michigan last year. I think that they'll do something similar. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think they'll do something similar with what they did with Sky Moore last year. Like, hey, you're our developmental flanker slot behind Juju Smith Schuster. We don't, we don't, we don't plan on seeing anything from you this year. Um, I know that we want things to be a little more instant gratification, stuff like that, but that's just I think that's kind of how they viewed it last year with Sky Moore. And I think that's probably how they'll do like, hey, Rasheed Rice. You're going to be our developmental vertical receiver behind MVS, and we don't care if you give us nothing this year. Like we're Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Holmes, we're going to be fine. If we see you in 2024, that'll be all right with us.
0: You know, uh, to that point, Matt, um, we saw them. You know, draft Sky Moore. Um, and they kind of took that approach with Sky more as well. I think a lot of folks thought, "Hey, Sky, um, he's a good player. This guy could come in and, and, and give him some slot reps and and really push Juju." That just wasn't the case. It just wasn't the no. case, right? Uh, Juju absolutely dominated um, that position, and uh, and obviously he moves on, vacates over a hundred targets there in that Kansas City offense. Um, and look, it, it, and just talking about Andy Reid's offense, notoriously complicated offense, right? So, yep. uh, I mean, even the great Patrick Mahomes had to take a redshirt year, um, as Alex Smith, you know, kind of helmed that, that, that vehicle. Right. So, um, I, I think to your point, any offensive rookie skill position player that they bring in would basically take a redshirt year, unless you're again, just, you know, out the gates, just a phenomenal player. I'm just, I just scratched my head a little bit because what are the traits here um, that Andy Reid and company look at Rasheed Rice and say, okay, this guy is going to be a contributor for us next year. Because I tell you what, when you spend a second round pick on a wide receiver, Matt, there's some leeway, there's some, a little bit of a leash, but especially in today's NFL, listen, man, the guy's got to contribute in year two, period.
2: Yeah. um, And and you mentioned too, just like these guys Kansas city, even uh, with Travis Kelsey, now he was, he was on injured reserve, but he did nothing as a rookie. Tyree kill was a limited application player as a, rookie. Yes. a day three draft pick. And Kelsey was, I think a third rounder. So, but uh, yeah, I think they're comfortable. Like this is a hard offense to learn. Um, it, it, It's difficult. And, and for a guy like sky Moore, and it's going to be the same way with she rice. Cause he played at a lower level. I've told people it's like, it's not even just like moving to a foreign country. It's like trying to move to a foreign country coming from Western Michigan or SMU to the Andy Reed's offense. It's like, you're moving to a foreign country. You're learning the language. You're learning to drive. <laughs> le- you're learning to drive on the other side of the road or some stuff like right. that. Like it's right. a very tough transition. So if you think about it that way, it's like, yeah, it takes you a year to get acclimated. Now. I think, I think with Rasheed Rice, I, I, I see the, the traits. It's just the, getting those traits all together with the skill and matching that up is going to be the question here. And and like if he's their vertical field stretcher, then in a way that like MVS, who's not a separation guy either. MVS no. has never been a, a separator. i a, never been a great route runner, but he wins contested downfield and he burns you on like nine routes, corner routes, post routes. I think that's probably the role that they see for Rasheed Rice. Right. And I think that I can see that eventually coming together. It does not show up. Um, obviously in his RP data, but his usage at SMU was all vertical stuff. 27.5% of his routes were nine routes. You know The curl route was the other one, 28.6%. So I think that's probably just they see him as that vertical stretch guy and they want to hone those ball skills that again he flashes but he's not consistent with so hey again we're going to take all of 2023 and try to remake you and then yeah maybe maybe in 2024 he's a guy who's ready to take over mvs's spot if they're ready to move on from that contract
0: yeah to your point rasheed rice uh, nearly 35 percent of his routes were either the corner nine or post um and then you know mixed in uh, a lot of the curl route which makes a lot of sense if you're a vertical threat right like you you threaten over the top you see a big cushion and then you you slam on the brakes and then you come back to the quarterback right so 28.6% of the routes that you sampled were on the curl route and the 27.5% were on the nine right so uh, a lot of either just let's just go in over the top and beat them physically over the top or slam on the brakes and come back to the quarterback uh hopefully hopefully for an easy layup throw but um, yeah, I was a little bit surprised by it. You know, when when you track yeah. a guy as a first percentile versus man coverage, that generally I'm not generally thinking this guy's going to go uh, in the second round.
2: Yep, I, I was surprised, and you know, look, obviously, I would have loved for them to have grabbed one of these dudes that I I liked a little bit better uh, than Rasheed Rice. He's he's pretty low in my prospect rankings just because I think this is a, it's a risky profile to bet on. I'm gi- you know I'm giving you like the 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 thought right, the thought process behind the pick, and I think what they're thinking of. It's not the guy I would have taken, obviously. Mm -hmm. I I mean, there are other players I like better. And, yeah, he comes from, to to speak to the developmental part, like you talked about the route tree, it's like, go routes and and curl routes he comes from one of these simplified offenses where he only lines up on one side of the field he's outside right on 83.6 percent of his snaps on the line of scrimmage for 70.6 percent like he's playing one position one side of the field those things have to get completely remade once you get to the NFL and like some of these great receivers can do it a guy like Rasheed Rice you know that remains to be seen so yeah it's not it's certainly not the pick I would have made and I, I do kind of the SMU thing at least makes me like raise an <laughs> eyebrow at at like was this a hey we want to we need to get we we want to get a receiver I don't know I it, I don't know whether to like I don't know whether to completely trust the Chiefs on this because like part of me like looks at their depth chart and it's MVS it's Kadarius Tony and it's Sky Moore and it's like well, that's the worst one of the worst receiver rooms in the NFL. It if is these got hundred percent. You know, based on MVS being a limited application role player who's a vertical guy, um, Kadarius Tony. I we've we've talked about him on the show a ton. We're not Tony Bros. There are there are still a good faction of Tony Bros out there, and and like I think he's a gadget player. You know, he's going to be like giving you what McCole Hardman did, and then like Sky Moore. I liked Sky Moore a lot as a prospect, and I am absolutely not giving up hope on Sky Moore. But like. He better take a second-year leap. He better yeah. become what Juju Smith-Schuster was in this offense. or Otherwise, yeah, this is a pretty bad receiver room. So it's a pretty big bet on Sky Moore. And then just like obviously it's a pretty big bet on Travis Kelsey and Patrick Holmes. And like, hey, that's a pretty good bet to make. <laughs> it
0: is. But I, I have harped on this many times with Kansas City. Um, look, I, I know you're paying the Magic Man a lot of money, okay? And I get it. Mahomes is is that dude. Uh, he is him as as the, the kids say, but man, I just, I don't want them to surround him with all these bit players and say, well, just go make magic happen. Like mm-hmm. that's, I don't want to see that man, like pair this guy up. It's like, look, Tom Brady had to do that a lot in new England and it just wasn't a fun watch. You know what I yeah. mean? It was like, all right, he's trying to make do with what he's got. But golly, that one year, the couple of years that he had Randy Moss, that was fireworks. That was awesome, man. Um, mm-hmm. Give me some of that. Pair up Patrick Mahomes with a stud on the outside and let's go to work and let's just have fun, man. So that's what I would like to see. That's obviously not what's going to happen in Kansas City in 2023. Um, I, I'm still, you know, holding out hope for Sky Moore as well. I, I saw a lot of really intriguing, uh, you know, uh, plays from from Sky, I think he's got a real good opportunity to to not just be Juju, but be
3: better uh, than Juju in 2023. So we'll see. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash audio. Visit IXL.com slash audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
0: Um, anyways, we go to Mile High. Let's talk about Denver. Let's talk about Marvin Mims. This is a very interesting player to me. Uh, obviously, he's got that speed. He's got the athletic profile. He's 5'11", 185. He ran a sub 4'4", 4'3", 8'40". For Marvin Mims and a 39 and a half inch vertical, 10 9 broad jump. I mean, we're talking explosive, explosive athlete. I think he's a great contested catch guy, too. Uh, where does he fit in now uh, with Denver, Russell Wilson, and Sean Payton?
2: This is an interesting one because. Um I mean, Sean Payton, you gotta, you gotta respect just like, uh, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I want. You know, like <laughs> the Broncos, the Broncos have Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, and Tim Patrick. And they, you know, right. they, they kept all those guys despite the trade rumors around Judy and Sutton. And it's like, ah, I'm not, I don't care. I'm just going to trade. I'm going to trade up for Marvin Mims when we don't have a lot of draft capital, both because exactly. of the trade for me, Sean Payton, and also the trade for Russell Wilson. We're still recovering from that. We don't have a lot of draft capital, but F it. I'm going to go get the guy I like. So, look, I think that what this clearly tells us is that Sean Payton is lukewarm on Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Tim Patrick, or at least two of the three. And, buddy, I don't blame him. We've been talking on this show for, like, 365 days, despite everybody excited about this receiver core last year, that these guys are fine, but they're not. Like, Sutton is overrated. Judy is volatile. And I think Tim Patrick, like, there's so much myth making with Tim Patrick, and I talk about that all the time. Where like he was an underdog, UDFA, and like every Broncos beat reporter thinks he's like the best player in the NFL. It's like no, he's 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 a good <laughs> he's a good solid underdog that should probably be like a number yeah. three receiver. But you know, you every right. every now and again, you'll run across a Broncos report. He's like, no, he's actually gonna like be the number one. I mean, if Tim Patrick's your no disrespect, Tim Patrick is a good player, but if he's your number one receiver, your offense is in a tough spot. So. um I think Sean Payton is lukewarm on those guys, and I don't blame him. They did pick up Jerry Judy's fifth-year option. I still think right. like Sutton could be traded um, because I think he actually is probably the weakest player of the three at this point. So uh, right now, Marvin Mims' path to playing time doesn't look great, but he I see the skill set that, that um, Sean Payton coveted. 71st percentile success rate versus man. You mentioned the contested catch stuff. Uh, 72.7 percent contested catch rate, and like you look at his route tree on reception perception, it's slant routes, flat routes, but then it's go route, post route, corner route. Like those mm-hmm. are his specialties. I compared him to like the John Brown, T. Y. Hilton axis of speed, probably speed slot receivers, kind of what they wanted out of K. J. Hamler, and they just never got because of all those injuries over the years. Right. So yeah, I, I I mean Sean Payton, like we forget because the way those offenses ended in New Orleans with him and Drew Brees. But like this is a guy who wants to push the field, vert- like push the ball down the field vertically. Um, think about like Devery Henderson and some of those randoms that would pop up in always. New Orleans. Marvin Mims is kind of like the actualized version of that.
0: Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe it's just, you know, anecdotal. Maybe it's just it, me, memories or whatever um, can always lie to you. But I just remember speed slot guys. Uh, doing well in a Sean Payton offense. And to me, doesn't Marvin Mims seem very, very much like a speed slot guy?
2: Yeah, I think that's the role that you probably want him. How about I even like – The great Ted Ginn, you know, Ted Ginn had a couple of years as a speed guy in New Orleans. um, And that was in like the later years of of Drew Brees. Not totally late years of Drew Brees, but like, yeah, I mean, 2018, 2019, he had a couple of moments there. His 2017 season, he had 787 yards and four touchdowns on just 70 targets there for Ted Ginn. 11.2 yards per target in 2017 with the New Orleans Saints. Like, yeah, so, and that's like the the old version of the damn saints. But yeah, like I'm trying to think of other guys too. they drafted. Remember Robert Meacham? I am not saying Robert Meacham oh, yeah. was like a slot, a slot guy, but he was definitely a vertical receiver. Oh yeah. That they, that they wanted. Um, and it just, you know, it, for, for one reason or another, it didn't work out for him. Um, right. I'm, I'm remembering Robert Meacham correctly, yep. right? But, uh, oh, yeah, yeah you I mean, got it, you got it. Yep. Devery, Devery Henderson though. Yeah. is like the, is kind of like the archetype of, of player <laughs> that I think <laughs> about, sure for yeah. for that role like a, a pure speed guy who's not going to make like a ton of you know he's not going to do a, a ton but like he's going to get you some 20.5 uh yards per catch for Devery Henderson in 2007 wow. for wow. for the New Orleans Saints. Um 20 <laughs> get this man 2006 Saints 23.3 yards per catch, Devery Henderson. 2007, <laughs> 20.5. 2008, <laughs> 24.8. He led wow. the league in two of those three years in yards per catch. 2009, he had 800 yards. So, like, I mean, yeah, obviously, five 5'11", five 200 pounds, pretty similar to Marvin Mims, who's 5'11", yep. about 190, 185. So, yeah, I think, like, look, obviously you'd like your – a second round receiver that you trade up for to be better than Devery Henderson. And I think he probably could be Marvin Mims. I'm a, I'm a fan of Marvin Mims, but yeah, I think that's the version of the the archetype of player Sean Payton's looking for here.
0: Right now, when you take a look at, um, you know, their their roster construction, they, they just picked up the fifth year option, as you mentioned, on uh, Jerry Judy and then Cortland Sutton's contract. Um, boy, it's interesting. It They will almost certainly get out of it after 2023 right? Um, just if you kind of look at the, 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 the dead money and cap hit, uh, breakdowns on Courtland Sutton's contract. So he's got a dead cap of 7.6 million in 2024, but the cap hit would be 17.3 million, right? So they're saving if they cut him nearly 10 million off the cap, right? So almost certainly he is going to get cut. Um, after 2023, unless he just shows something, right. But he is going to be going, he's going to his age 28 season. And, uh, quite honestly, I, I, dude, his game has not aged well. Uh, let's just put it that way. I think he relied a lot on athleticism early on and, uh, the injuries. And I think the age now have kind of sort of crept up on him. Um, and I don't think he looked great, uh, there in 2022. So, so we'll see, I, I think Marvin Mims, you talk about, you know, path to playing time with just, I I think he actually has a great chance uh, to carve out some playing time with just Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy in front of him. I don't want to say just, I mean, he's got these veterans in front of him, Matt, but I think they're beatable is the point that I'm making here. You know what I mean? And certainly he's going to, you would imagine he could just step in day one and be part of their, their 11 personnel. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Like, look, these guys, guys have all been committed to in terms of Jerry, Judy, Cortland son, and Tim Patrick. But like this, this, the Denver Broncos are now Sean Payton. Like it matters what Sean Payton thinks. And, and right. They, th- the only thing that's happened since he got there is they did pick up the fifth year option on Jerry Judy, which is kind of like a no brainer. You know, you don't want to, yep. I always think about the Tennessee Titans. Like they had that, they declined the fifth year option on Corey Davis. And I'm not saying Corey Davis is like the greatest receiver in the NFL or anything, but he's a good Solid starting level receiver, and they declined the fifth year option. He had a breakout year, and he was out the door for like reasonable money the next year to the New York Jets. And mm-hmm. um, so I I don't think the Broncos want to be in that spot. And I think, by the way, I think Judy's the pro- probably the best and most at least most promising of these three receivers right now. So I yeah I get that, but like we don't know what Sean Payton thinks about Cortland Sutton. We don't know what Sean Payton like. I think he would like a rugged potential big slot receiver like tim patrick but we don't know that um what we know is he likes marvin mims so yeah i think marvin mims yep. is is going to be on the field i agree with you and um yeah, but, hey here's another one remember kenny stills 20 oh, yards per yeah. catch his rookie year 14.8 <laughs> yards per catch 900 yards in his second season oh, yeah Like there's been a guy like this in every Sean Payton Saints offense until the last couple of years when it was like Drew Brees can throw the football as far as you, James. So, um, yeah, I I, I think I think it it just makes so much sense. And it maybe it's not the best use of resources. Maybe they had other holes. I don't know. I think Marvin Mims is going to get on the field pretty early. Of course, we do have to remember he's still getting on the field early for a Russell Wilson offense. And we don't know how that's going to go.
0: Very good point. Uh, By the way, one last note on Tim Patrick here. He is uh, coming off an ACL tear. Remember uh, that he tore in August. So from an injury timeline standpoint, it certainly makes sense. He he should be fully healthy by the season start. Right. But uh, that also being said, he's going into his age 30 season. Right. So it's not like I know. I know it seems like Tim Patrick has not been in the NFL that long, but he is entering into his age 30 season coming off of an ACL tear. So again, you know, you talk about the veteran depth in front of Marvin Mims. I, I just, I don't see it as being like a big, you know, problem for Marvin Mims to step in uh, and contribute right away. So we shall see. And, and bottom line is every team needs team speed. Uh, By the way, this is a player that I I really would have loved to see the Chargers go get, Um, you know, if they want to wait into the second round uh, to go get a guy, I thought Marvin Mims actually probably would have been a great guy Uh, to go target in the second round if they didn't want to go with Johnston there in the first, who we talked about in yesterday's episode.